hey, good morning, y'all. It's good to see you. Hey, uh, I'm so thankful to see you this morning. So glad that you've decided to join us as we worship the Lord together. Hey, would you, would you join me in a word of prayer as we start off this service? Father God, this morning we come before you. We're so grateful for all that you have done, that we get to know you. We get to experience life because of what you have done for us, because you didn't just die for our sins, but you rose again from the grave to give us life and to give us victory. And we can walk in that today because of all that you have done. And Lord, we are your resurrected people this morning. And yet you want to use us to bring that same life to others. God, there may even be somebody here today that doesn't know the saving grace of Jesus. And I pray that you would meet with all of us, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to the love and the grace that you offer us so freely. And so, God, would you meet with us? Would you speak to us? We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So we're in week number four, the final week of the series that we've been in called Who's Your One? Which is really about this idea that we are praying for the people in our lives and specifically one person that God has put on our hearts that needs to know Jesus because we believe that life is found in his name. And so we've we've been praying this In fact, in John 10.10, Jesus tells us why he came, and we just sung about it, but in John 10.10, Jesus says this, the thief, speaking of God's enemy, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus says, I came that they may have what? Life, and to have it abundantly, to have it full and overflowing. So Jesus came to give us this kind of life, and as a church, we are committed to continuing to be those kind of people that Jesus was. In fact, we, I shared this a few weeks ago, our mission statement. This is why we exist as a church. It's to help others find full life in Christ, in community, and on mission. And we're going to talk about that more over the next few weeks. But man, we, we want to continue what Jesus started, which was he came to give life and life to the full, not just eternal life forever with him, but man, full life here and now for all of our days. Amen? This is what he came for, and this is what we want to pass along to others. So let me give you a quick 30-second review of of the series we've been in to kind of let you know where we've been and where we're going today. Uh, Week number one, we talked about this idea of making disciples and how everybody on this planet needs the good news of Jesus, but it's such an overwhelming task. How do we do it? We make disciples one by one. That's why we're each praying for our one. And then we talked about in week number two that, man, we got to pray. we got to pray. This, this isn't all, the pressure's not all on, on us. It's on God because he is the one who opens hearts and opens eyes. And he is the one who opens doors for us to share the good news of Jesus. So we talked about week number two, we got to pray. we got to pray. we got to pray. And then last week, we talked about our need to have gospel conversations. In other words, to declare the good news. If people are going to come to faith in Jesus, they need to know what the good news is all about. And so we've got to be a people who declare good news to them. And so we talked about having gospel conversations. Uh, If you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, Follow along on the Bible app, which you can follow along today. But there's notes in there. There's also some paper, uh, our handouts from last week. You can grab one of those at the table in the back and and go back and listen to that. But hopefully that was a helpful tool for you all. There's the three circles, this idea of having gospel conversations. Well, this week we're going to talk about not just what it means to declare, okay, being able to speak good news to people, but we've got to be people who also demonstrate good news, okay? We've got to be people who don't just talk about it, but we show it off through our lives. This is such an important part of being a follower of Jesus is not just talking the talk, but doing what? 
walk in the walk, right? It's being people who don't just talk about Jesus, don't just declare good news, but we demonstrate it. And so my challenge this morning is, is this. People need to see us as what I would call good news people, right? They've got to see us as good news people. So let me, let me go off on a little rant for a moment, okay? Because sometimes we don't help our cause when we are known as people who do nothing but complain. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about in real life. I'm talking about social media life. You know what I'm talking about? When, when you're the person who's always got something to gripe about, you've always got a loud, uh, cantankerous opinion that you've got to share when you're always... You're, you're a, like a bad news person. You know what I'm talking about? We're talking about being good news people. Okay? And I'm not talking about, oh, hey, you got to go be posting like cat videos and SpongeBob memes. And, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. Right? I'm talking about do people look at us and go, man, when they come in the room or when I'm in their presence, man, I'm encouraged. There's something about them. They bring life to the place and they don't bring me down. They're not Debbie Downer. You know what I'm talking about? Always just there's something they're complaining about or they're griping about. Sometimes we can be that kind of people, but we need to be as good news people. We're always bringing goodness wherever we go. We're always blessing people. We're always encouraging people because when, we, when we're always ranting about what we're against and we're always angry or frustrated or discouraged by something, this is not what James calls wisdom from above. Okay, let me remind you what James says in James chapter 3. He says in James 3, 17, but the wisdom from above, okay, not the kind of wisdom that like we typically operate in or wisdom from below, right? The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, does that sound like a lot of our interaction? Do, do you think most people think of a Christian in that way? They're, they're peaceable. They're pure. They're open to reason. They're full of mercy and good fruits. You see, like, goodness pouring out of their life. James says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know, because sometimes we're not peaceful people or peaceable people. We're argumentative, and we're angry, and we're frustrated, and we're trying to save the world, and we don't save the world through anger and frustration and meanness. It's through the good news. And so we're to be good news people, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. We don't want people to just hear about Jesus through us. We want people to experience the goodness of Jesus through us and through our lives. Amen? This is the kind of people he's called us to be. In fact, Titus 2, we won't have it on the screens, but in Titus 2, it talks about teaching sound doctrine, okay, passing on to the next generation sound doctrine or theology, or this is, this is who God is. But it also talks about, I love this word, adorning sound doctrine. In other words, what that means is don't just talk about what the Bible talks about. Don't just talk about good, godly, biblical things. Actually live in such a way that your life adorns it. Okay, it's like when you got up this morning, you're, you're all thankfully adorning some type of clothing, right? All right? Everybody's adorning. And if you're like me, I went through a couple things. Like, eh. Okay, not all of you are like that. Some of you ladies are more like, I'm more like some of you ladies. I'm like going through multiple outfits. Does this, 
does this adorn me well? No, no, no. This makes my hips look fat, all right? My jeans aren't skinny enough. <laughs> Listen, whatever. Here's the deal. Adorning. <clears throat> Here's what. That was random, all right? Admit it. Um, this is the idea of adorning. He says, the gospel, the good news, isn't something you just teach and talk about. It should adorn your life. Not just Sundays, Monday through Saturday, and hopefully Sunday. Every day, all the time, the good news should be like something that we wear, not just something we speak. And so how do we do that? How do we do it? Colossians 4, verse 5. We've looked at this, this little passage a couple times over the last few weeks. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. How do we actually adorn the gospel? How do we walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of our time? This is where outside of a relationship with Jesus, how do we do this well? And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. I want you to look at or turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at three verses here in Genesis 12, which really are some of the most foundational um, verses. This is the, one of the most foundational stories in our faith. Really, everything that we believe and stand upon, it, it traces back to, to this. God's calling out to Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, his name was at this point Abram. And it says in Genesis 12, verse number 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house. Okay, so this is his homeland. These are his people. This is what he knows. And God is calling out to him. And he says, Go from all of that, all that you're familiar with, to the land that I will show you. Just get up and go, Abraham, and I'll show you along the way. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to send you. Just get up and go. Verse number two, and I will make of you. Here's a promise, all right, that's connected to, to that commission or that calling. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and in, in him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be what? Blessed. Through you, Abraham. Through you. Get up and go. I will bless you, and I will bless the families of the earth. And so God is calling to Abraham. He says, go, I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing to the nations. All right? And I want to look at three things in this passage. This is a super simple morning. Um, three things that he called Abraham to that he says to us as well. Okay, three things. Number one is this. He says, I want to lead you. Abraham, I want to lead you. Get up and go. I want you to go. You know what he's saying? I want to see if you trust me. I'm calling you to something that I'm not even totally revealing to you, but I'm calling you to it. Do you trust me? Will you obey me? Will you go? Listen, this is what God says to every single one of us. He, he doesn't say, I want to I control you. He says, I want to lead you. I want to lead you, which means we have to put ourselves in a place where we want to follow 
sometimes people outside of Christianity, outside of the church, think, man, it's, it's all about this, this power-hungry, power-tripping God who wants to control everything that we do. No, 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 no. He says, I want to lead you. I want you to follow me. Would you go? I'm calling you to something. Would you go? Trust is not, not understanding or not even knowing the path ahead. But it's trusting God to lead us. Man, this is a big deal. This is what our faith is founded upon. Not necessarily getting everything, but going, God, I see that and I believe that you are good and that you are holy, that you are righteous, and I trust you and I will follow you. And so he says, I want to lead you. But there's a second thing he says. He says, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. And this is the part where we're all like, amen, I like this part, all right? God wants to bless me. Yeah, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in now, okay? Here, here is, here is, here's the catch on this. He says, go and I will make your name great. Go and I will bless you. You know what he's saying? That blessing is connected to obedience. He says, obey, and I'll bless you. Go, and I will make your name great. I will bless your socks off. If you will obey me, if you will follow me, if you will trust me. And some of us are like, God, why aren't you blessing me? Are we being obedient? Are we following his leading? Are we putting ourselves in a, in a place to be blessed by following in him and keeping in step with his spirit? He says, I want to lead you. And guess what? I want to bless you. Man, I want to I do something incredible through you. Here, here's the third thing. I want to bless you. I want to lead you. I want to bless you. I want to use you. I want to use you. He says this. The reason I want to make, I want to bless your life is not so that you can like enjoy the comforts and the pleasure of being blessed. He says, I want to bless you so I can make you a blessing to others. Listen, this is, this is the exact opposite of what we would call in, in, in church world and Christianity prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel. Okay, let me just tell you. The prosperity gospel is this. If you obey God, if you follow God, if you are living a right life, God will make you healthy, wealthy, and happy. If you, if you are really following God, you're going to be healthy, and you're going to be wealthy. You're going to have money, and you're going to be happy all the time. That is the prosperity gospel. That is a false gospel. That is a gospel that says if, that's, that's a false gospel that makes God out to say, hey, if you will follow me, I will bless you so that you can enjoy the good life, because it's all about you. That's, that is not what the gospel is about. God says, I want to bless you. I want to make your name great. Not so that you can enjoy all the, all the pleasures of, of the blessed life. I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing to the nations, to the world, to everyone around you. you here's the big idea this morning. This is the bottom line. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Would you say this with me? Here we go. 
We are blessed to be a blessing. This is why he blesses us. Not, not that so we can go, man, I am hashtag blessed. <laughs> what a good life I have. Mm-mm-mm. I've blessed you to make you a blessing. That is why he blesses us. This is why he was calling to Abraham and saying, I'm going to make your name great. He, he was showing even through Abraham that his, his goal, his heart, his desire was for all the peoples and all the nations of the world to know the saving faith of Jesus. Can I get an amen? All the people, not just you, not just me, for every person on this planet to understand grace. And I have blessed you so that you can be a blessing because I want to lead you. I want to lead you and bless you and use you. This is what God has called us to. We are blessed to be a blessing. And so I want to give us some practical help on this, okay? So how do we, how do we bless people? How do we be a blessing to others? I mean, do we just walk around and when somebody sneezes, oh, bless you. <laughs> like, what, what does it mean to bless people? Let me give you something really practical, all right? We're going to do an acrostic. This is like a preacher favorite, all right? An acrostic. And it's going to be the five letters, bless, B-L-E-S-S. Five simple ways to bless people, all right? We're going to talk about this, and this is how we live on mission. How do we, as God's people, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk? So here's, here's B. B is this. Begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. We talked about this two weeks ago, that it's not all on us. We've got to pray because God is the one who opens doors. God is the one who opens eyes and hearts. So we've got to begin with prayer. This is saying, I will pray for the people in my life and the places that I'm in. I will pray for the people in my life and the places that I'm in. I'm praying that God would do a work in them. I'm praying that God would reveal himself to them. I'm praying that God would draw them to himself. I'm praying that God would use the circumstances of their life, good, bad, ugly, all of it, to draw, him, to draw them to himself. I'm praying. That is why, hopefully, still, you're hearing an alarm go off at 8 p.m. every night, okay? So hopefully some of you are still doing that. Um, every alarm in your house is going off, all right? We have kids going, Alexa, stop the alarm, all right? It's just like everywhere across our house. I love it. Here's the deal. We're praying. It's reminding us, pray for the people, pray for our ones, pray for us to be able to share the gospel. Pray, pray, pray. We begin with prayer because God is the one who does the heavy lifting, amen? And so begin with prayer. You want to know how to bless people? Pray for them. Pray for them. Begin with prayer. Here's the letter L. Is, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago also. Actually, last week. Listen. Listen. Don't be primarily a talker. Be a listener. Listen for words. Listen for the, the heart underneath the words. I will listen to and discover the needs of others and the places where God is at work. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening to people talk. I'm listening to their brokenness. I'm listening to what's going on around me. I'm aware. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put myself in a place where I'm hearing and seeing what God hears and seeing what God sees. I'm listening. I'm trying to be observant. 
This is what it's, it's about. If you want to bless people, you need to listen to them. You got to hear them. You got to hear their hearts. How many of you, and I know we're all guilty of this, how many when somebody's talking to you, sometimes you find yourself, you're thinking about what you're going to say next. Anybody guilty of this? Okay, some of you are liars. Some of you are liars. <laughs> thinking about you're not listening, right? Like there's times I know my wife catches me where she's talking to me, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she, I, have, I have not listened to a word she has said because I've got my mind somewhere else and I haven't dialed in. Husbands, we need some help on that, right? <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> we need help. We need help with this, with everybody. Not being talkers and people who are just like dispensing information. We are people who are receiving and listening and hearing, like actually listening to people. You want to know how to bless people, listen to them. Man, there's been times, I, I remember getting a phone call, this has been years ago, where a person was looking for counseling, and I didn't feel like I was up to the task of counseling this person, what they were going through, and you know what, I, I took a phone call, I, and you know what I did for about 45 minutes? I listened and I prayed. <laughs> I listened and I prayed. I was like, God, God I don't, I've never been through this. I don't know how to help this person. God, would you help me to encourage this person, I don't even know what to say. And we got to the end of this conversation, and really all I did, literally, was listen and pray for this. Not, not pray out loud, I'm praying as I'm listening, all right? And we get to this, the end of this conversation, and I'm ready to refer this person to a, a, a counselor. And so I asked this person, you know, hey, um, so we've, we've got this connection, I'd love to set you up um, with this counselor. And this woman said, I'm good. I mean, we, you've just counseled me. And it's like, I literally did nothing. <laughs> I listened for 45 minutes. And I represented God to this woman. I didn't have to say, well, you know what the Bible says? I did share some scripture just that God brought to my mind. But I wasn't like walking through this whole counseling session. I put on the ears of Christ. And I listened with compassion and grace and kindness. And this woman comes to the end of the session and was like, man, thank you. I'm like, I did nothing. I am so unskilled in this. All I did was open my ears. You blessed me. You listened to me. Do you know what most people are looking for? Somebody who will listen to them, that will hear their heart. And sometimes we get to, we want to share the gospel with somebody. We have never listened to their heart and tried to decipher where does the good news apply healing to whatever bad news they are facing in their life right now. We just want to spit out the good news and we haven't listened to go, where can I, where can I give them good news? And so listen, you want to bless people, listen to them. Here's, here's another one, E, this will surprise you, eat. And all the Baptists said, amen, right? <laughs> Eat. We can get along with this one, all right? I know how to eat, right? I can do that. Here's what I'm talking about. Sitting down with people, across the table from people, and eating with them, and eating with them. There is so much connection that happens around a table. I'm just telling you. One of the, and I'm not the greatest father, one of the first things I said when we got married, this is something that I lacked in my home. I made a decision. And it wasn't, hey, we're going to read the Bible every night for an hour and pray for two hours as a family. <laughs> it was this. 
we are going to sit around the table as much as we can as a family and eat together. And I'm telling you, there, there's something spiritual. You, you, we miss this. There's something spiritual that happens around a table. Even, when, even with people who don't know Jesus, here's what it is. When we sit down at a table to eat together, we are all in a way confessing our need for an outside source of provision. When we sit down and eat, we have to say, I am in need of food to sustain my life. I cannot live without this external source of provision, this external, external source of food that's going to come in and nourish me. That is not just a physical reality. That is a spiritual truth that happens when we sit around a table. There is this common need that we all have for something outside of ourselves to come in and sustain our life. And we all need Jesus this outside source of power and grace and love to come from the outside and make his way in to sustain us and to give us life, amen? And when we sit down around a table and we eat together, we, we commune together, we listen together. Man, we bless people when we sit down around the table together. You know how to bless people? Sit down for a meal, sit down for a coffee. Just sit down and listen. Sit down and be present with people. And I'm telling you, you will bless people. You will bless them even more if you pay for their meal, right? <laughs> Man, this is how we bless people. Eat. Sit down to eat. You know why we do almost everything we do in a Baptist church around food? Man, that's how we bless people. There is something spiritual about it. It's not, it can be a gluttonous thing, but it is a very spiritual Thing, to eat with people, all right? Here's, here's the first S, B-L-E. Begin with prayer, listen, eat. The first one is this, serve. Serve. I will respond to the needs of others and help them in practical and impactful ways. So here's, these all kind of build on each other. Okay? If you are listening, if you're listening, you will hear physical practical needs that pop up. And you know what you do? You don't say, well, man, I'm, I'll pray that you find some people to help you move. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, I got to move. It stinks. I got to get people to help me. I'll pray for you. <laughs> All right. See ya. I got a football game. <laughs> no. How can I serve this person? How can I meet their needs, their practical needs? And so if you're listening, you'll hear needs pop up. And if you want to be like Jesus and you want to bless them, Pull out the servant towel. Like, how do I serve this person's needs? If they're hungry, how do I help feed them? If they're cold, which doesn't happen in the state, <laughs> how do I warm them, right? If they're, if they're sweating bullets, how do I get some AC their way? All right. Let's make it appropriate to our community. How do I serve their needs? How do I bless them? This is an easy way, but it requires listening. It requires being intentional. How can I serve this person? Because when I serve them, I am being a picture of Jesus and who he is. That Jesus took his servant towel and he washed the feet of his followers. That he wasn't beyond serving people that were, quote, beneath him. 
He was always looking to serve people. And so how do we serve people? How do we meet their practical needs? This is an easy way to bless people. Look for their needs and find a way to meet it. Here's the second and the last S. Story. Story. And this could have been a part of what we talked about last week, the three circles. It's, it's I will share the story of Jesus and what he is doing in my life. I'll share that with others. Really, this is, this is as simple as this is what God has done in my life, and this is what he's doing. And I just want to tell you. I just want to share. I'm not preaching something to you. I'm just telling you. I am a witness. I'm giving you a testimony of what God has done in my life. It's as simple as this is where I was. This is how I met Jesus and what he's done in my life. And here is what he's doing in my life now. Here is the freedom I've found. Here is the grace that I've found. Being ready to share our story. But here's the problem we got to have a story to share. Like, we have to be aware of the fact that God has worked in our life. And for some of us, maybe we sit in this room and we go, I don't know, my story is all about brokenness. I don't know any freedom. I don't know any forgiveness. I don't know anything good. Can I just tell you, there's a bigger story that God is calling you into. It's the story of his love and his grace that he wants to make you a new creature. He wants to make you brand new, and he has offered his life to give you forgiveness and freedom, and now he's calling us up, up into the story. He wants, to, he wants to intervene and intersect your story, and he wants to write a better ending for your story. Listen, sharing our story. Some of us, we need to go, okay, God, what, is, what have you been doing in my life? I want to share that. You didn't just save me from my sin. Man, you have been working every, every day and every moment since, and I'm aware of that, and I want to tell people. And so share your story, being ready to share your story. So begin with prayer. Listen, eat, serve, story. Okay, let me, let me do this for just the next couple minutes. I want to make this even more practical for us as a, a body, as a, 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 the people of God here at Friendship. How can we bless people next Sunday, next weekend? When people come to this place on Back to Church Sunday, all right? Here, here's the deal. We want to invite people to come back to church. Maybe they've been gone for a long time. Maybe it's been a short while. Maybe they've never come to church, and we're just inviting them back to this place where they can hear the good news of Jesus. How can we bless people next week? Okay, so this is, this is for the next couple minutes kind of our pep rally because I want to prepare us for what's going to happen next week because if we're not thinking about it, we're going to come into this place and we're going to go, I'm here to receive and I'm here to be blessed. I'm here to worship and we walk out the doors and we forget why we've been blessed. We don't come here just to receive blessing. We come here to bless others, Amen. And so let's talk about how are we going to bless others next week. So letter B, begin with prayer. This is why we're praying. And I want to encourage you. We're going to have a, a few minutes of prayer at the end of the service again. Where I want to invite us all to pray for our ones and for our church and for the people that are going to step into this, this room and onto our property next week. we got to pray for them. And so I want to encourage you all through this week. This will be our last week, praying at 8 p.m. every night. But I want to up the challenge this week, all right? I want to call you, some of you, whoever is willing to accept the challenge, to, to step it up and not just pray every night. I'm going to ask you, if you're willing to do this with me, is to pick a day this week and fast and pray. 
some of you are like, wait a sec, you just talked about eating. I don't know. You can't pull this on me. Here's what I'm talking Fasting is this intensified form of, God, we want you to move. And physical food, I'm going to put that aside. And every time my, my stomach growls or every time I feel like, man, I'm hungry, it's a reminder, God, we need you. And we want you to work. And so I'm inviting you to do this with me. I like the Jewish kind of fast, which was from sundown to sundown. All right, so that would be, for example, um, I would do it maybe after, uh, after your meal, after your dinner, um, and then all the way to the next day. And so you're kind of skipping breakfast and lunch. And, and maybe, you, maybe you can eat dinner after sundown or whatever you want to do. Maybe you just pick one meal this week and say, God, I'm going to fast for this meal. And the idea isn't like, like for that time period going, God, I want food, God, I want food, God, I want food, God, I want food. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. It's, it's a reminder. God, we need you to work. I mean, how many of y'all stomachs, like, they go nuts when you haven't eaten, right? And it's a reminder every time. God, we need you. I'm praying that, God, you would work. I'm praying that you would do what only you can do, that no inflatable, no free food, nothing's going to do other than your power, your presence, And so, God, I'm praying. That's why it would be incredible if we could saturate this room and this property with prayer over the next week. That, God, we believe that you are the one who draws people to yourself. And so begin with prayer. I'm going to call you to that this week. So pick a day. Pick a day. Pick a meal. And let's let's fast together. Here's here's the second one is listen. Okay, so thinking about next next Sunday. Okay, you, you can't listen if nobody's talking, right? Okay, so... The only way people are going to talk is if we initiate, right? If we start conversations. And I know every introvert in the room, myself included, is like, ah, that's tough. I don't like that. I don't like to initiate conversations. And every extrovert in the room is like, "Uh, that's easy. I do that all the time. Um, I would love to talk to people. Listen, initiating conversations, that means next Sunday, it means meeting people. Okay, some of us... You know, when we came to this church, I love the idea of the name tag. Some of you are still doing it. Amen. Thank you all. It helps us. Um, there was, one of the comments we heard was, man, there are people. We've been at this church for years, and I didn't know their name. And I didn't know their name. I didn't know their name. Like, listen, there are going to be people that come into this room and come onto this property next week. And this is an opportunity for them to hear from God. And if they walk into a room where nobody talks to them, and nobody initiates a conversation. Nobody listens to them. What are they going to see about who God is? That God is a come-to-me kind of a God. That when you come to me, I'll respond. When you initiate, I'll respond. No, no, that is not the God that we serve. God is a God who came to us, amen, who initiated Even in our sin, he came after us. And so listen, next week, here's what I'm calling us to. Let's not be a group of people who come and sit in our chairs and wait to receive. Let's look for people that we don't recognize, people that clearly are new, people who have never been here. Maybe they're people that have been going here for 20 years and you just don't know them. Act like they're a stranger, all right? Act like you don't know them, that they need to be loved by God, which they do. And listen, can we do that? Can we practice? Let's initiate conversations. Let's go after people. And let's listen. Let's open our ears. 
here, here's a way to do this. Stand in line for food, okay? Hopefully, it's not going to be a line that lasts a couple hours, okay? <laughs> it, they're not going to be because we have four or five different food vendors. Here's what you do. Go wait in line with somebody. Strike up conversation. Talk to them. Ask them how long they've been coming here. Talk to them about what football team they like. Don't do that, okay? We want to we be gracious. So just talk. Talk to them. Show them who Jesus is. Listen, okay? So that's, that's the L. So begin with prayer. Listen. Eat. Here's another thing. Okay, so again, there's going to be food on the premises. So sit down with folks. Sit down and initiate conversation. Listen to them. Find people who are sitting by themselves. All right, man, this is so easy. Students, if you are in school and you go to a lunchroom or a cafeteria or whatever, I'm telling you, Maybe you've been there before. There are always students. There are always kids. There are always people who are by themselves. And I'm telling you, that is the open door for you to be Jesus. Don't just go, oh, man, that sucks to be that person all by themselves. Go, I am going to go bless this person and sit with them. And maybe we have an awkward conversation. Maybe I just sit with them. But I am not going to let somebody be alone. I am not going to let somebody be marginalized in the place where they should be loved and shown grace. You want to bless somebody? Listen. Go sit with them. Go eat. Go listen to them. Man, we're going to have an incredible opportunity to do that next week. Don't let anybody be alone. Man, show them the love of Jesus. Sit down. Find an opportunity to listen Perfect opportunity. Let me go to S. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch this up. I'm going to go to story, all right? And we're going to save serve for last. Story. And, and again, I'm not asking you to, to be ready to share um, all your beliefs. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to share about, like, you know, the virgin birth of Jesus and the Trinity. And you, I'm asking you to be ready to share your story, which means, has God worked in your life? Can you speak to that? Can you just say, man, God has been good to me? And if you can, you can share your story. Be ready for that. Here's the last S, is serve. Serve. This is all about hospitality. It's all about hospitality. It's being a good host. It's welcoming people. Sometimes when we think of hospitality, we think, okay, that means I've got to, you know, decorate my house, and I got to invite people in, and I've got to serve, you know, four courses. No, here, here's, here's a good way to think of hospitality, making people feel at home. Okay, you can be hospitable no matter where you're at by the way that you listen and engage them and care about them. You can be a hospitable people. You can be a good host. Let's be that kind of people that are looking to serve. I'm asking you to sign up to serve, absolutely, but more than that, I'm asking you to, as you are here next week, not just be thinking about what fun can my kids have, what food truck can I go to, but how can I serve the practical needs of people around me? Hey, can I grab that trash for you? Can I, are you done with this? Can I, is there anything else I can get for you? Um, if somebody's like, looks like they need to go to the bathroom, here's the porta potty over. I, I don't know. Okay. Is there a way to serve people? How can I get out of my comfort zone? How can I look to not just be blessed, not just to have fun, but to make this fun for somebody else? How can I bless somebody else? How can I serve the practical needs of the people around me? Here's what I'm calling us to. 
Because we're humans, right? And a lot of times we've got our blinders on and our own stuff and our own world and our own comfort and our own pleasure. Here's what I'm calling us to do. I'm calling us to be a people who are blessed to be a blessing. Paul said in Philippians 2, consider others. Uh, don't, don't do nothing from selfish ambition and conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Look each of you not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. There's a reason that Paul had to say this, because our tendency is to look at our own stuff and to think our own needs are more significant. I'm asking us next week, always, to be people who look at the needs of others as significant. Let me give you one more verse here. 2 Corinthians 12. Man, I love this. Paul says this. Here for the third time, I'm ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, but I seek not what is yours, but you. He's, he's saying, I'm not, I'm not after something from you. I'm after, after something for you. He says later on here, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. I want you to think about this for a second. Okay. Can you think of times in your life, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a workout or you've worked hard in the yard or you've done something where you come to the end of something and you're like, man, I am worn out. I'm spent. Have you ever had that kind of scenario? I'll, t- I'll give you a, some insight. Every Sunday afternoon, I go home and I am spent. <laughs> I have laid it out. I have put it all on the field on a Sunday morning. And I go home and I am just like dead to the world. I am spent. And some of you know that. Maybe you come home from work like that every day. I love what Paul says because here's what he says. I'm not after something from you. Man, I, I want something for you. And I will spend every last breath and I will be spent for you for the sake of your souls how awesome would it be for us as the people of God to to come to the end of next Sunday and to go home on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock or five o'clock or whatever time and go oh my goodness I am so darn tired but God I am spent and I'm so glad because you used me to show Jesus to people. How good would that be, y'all? As the people of God to say, man, we've spent it all. We've laid it all on the line. Why? Because we've been blessed to be a blessing. Father, this morning we... We're so grateful for all the ways that you have blessed us, that you have, God, worked in our lives, the way that you have rescued us, the way that you have redeemed us. And Lord, we're reminded this morning that you didn't do that for our enjoyment. You did it so that we could bless others. And so, God, we are calling upon you this morning to give us the kind of heart kind of eyes and ears that see and hear the needs that rise up to meet those needs, to serve, to bless. God, we want to bless the people in our community. God, not so that we can have a bigger church, but so your kingdom can grow, so that people would know the freedom and fullness of life that is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. 
God, we want to be used for that. And so, God, would you lead us as your people? Would you bless us? 